Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Joshua Lee. And Josh is a strategic business and life coach helping entrepreneurs and C-level executives to scale themselves with their company so they do not scale out of their company. He is the founder and president of multimedia agency LF Media Inc., which over the last decade has launched many brands, which collectively serve over 80 billion online impressions each month through search, display, and email advertising. He's also the producer of several iTunes shows, including Hidden Profit Path and Entrepreneur Clarified, and as well as co-founded Monstrepreneur, which is a high-level networking group for entrepreneurs and C-level executives, connecting monthly to help relax, reset, and refocus through epic adventures and experiences. These shared experiences bring flow to their lives and help keep their drive to excel every day. I've asked him to join us here today and spill the beans on some of the secrets to his success. So Josh, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm amazing, my friend. I'm glad uh, you got all that out without, uh, you know, <laughs> getting caught up. <laughs> yeah, all good, man. All good. Well, no, you've uh, like you in know, one breath. I was like, wow, he's got it. Wow, he's got it. Yeah, well, I had to, <laughs> I had to rehearse. I usually read the bios once or twice out loud before I even get on the call. Just yeah, just because I want it to be a natural tone and all that. But no, man, you it was a piece of cake. And wow, 80 billion impressions. That's like that's. That's a lot of ad spend. I mean, you've got a ton of insight on this. So, but of course, for all the listeners here, we all know that none of us were really born entrepreneurs, like from the get-go. We didn't come out buying and selling stuff. So how did you first get into entrepreneurship? Um, man, you know, if you want to talk about, we really bring it back, talking like early school days, one of those things, you know, you see, see a need and you fill it. So I knew most of the kids in my school liked candy. So I had my parents go out and buy a whole bunch of candy. I think it was Sam's at the time and started selling hard candy out of my locker. <laughs> what? That's, that wasn't what I expected you to be selling. That's where it started from. I mean, again, it's <laughs> selling uh, jawbreakers. <laughs> exactly. It was like, all right, you know, I was like, all right, we got lemon heads, we got fireballs, you know what I mean? You know, what we need, what do you got? That is awesome. That's so awesome. So do you come from a, like a long line of entrepreneurs or is that just something that you, was intrinsic in, in you? Like, I think it was just me. I mean, again, no one in the, the family. I mean, I'm the only child, so I, I can't basically think of my brothers and sisters, you know, based on my parents. I mean, always hard workers. I mean, you know, my, my parents instilled two amazing factors into me. You know, my mother, you know, always treat others with the same respect as you. You want to be seen in return. I've lived and breathed and built my companies on that. And mm. the same my father, you know. No matter what sting your way, there's never I can't. There's always an opportunity to be able to move forward. So you know those two pieces are the really what push me along. Mm, got it. So then, looking back, do you feel that you, there was like a progression that you see you you broke through certain challenges or milestones in your career that really helped oh, you get all the time? I mean, again, it's again based on my parents. You know, again, try to shoot for the sun, but as Icarus, occasionally I would get too close. I would fall. I'm blessed to have an amazing parents like I did that caught me many a times, allowed me to keep on going forward. You know, it's one of those pieces. Try different things. I mean, I, you know, 
going through college, I had gotten the mortgage business, became a broker, did that kind of saw the writing on the wall and moved out to California for a little bit, left Texas, which I swore I never would do. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, you saw people going through, I mean, I'd always tell people, I'm like, man, you know, people would run over their own grandmother to close a loan because it was people putting other people in bad situations. You know, we kind of saw the fall of the economy when people are buying their homes for 200,000 and then refinancing every single year, making more money on the refinance than they were, you know, on what they're doing at their jobs and now owing 700000 It's like you're going the wrong way. And no one was helping them with the, the different loans to be able to teach them, you know, what, how to be able to do it, what they were doing. You know, so we went through that. Had many other different opportunities. Even before that, I got into wireless sales. I mean, I was, I mean, I kind of, you know, was blessed here and there because, I mean, first real job in college was wireless. I mean, I hit right when digital came out. So, I mean, Hell, I was making six figures, breaking 100000 in college, doing wireless sales, became one of the youngest corporate account executives they had at GT Wireless, which turned into Singular Wireless. Wow. You know, then, then got in the mortgage scam when it was still hot. From there, I had an opportunity that when, that, when I fell out of that, a friend of mine gave me an opportunity in the online game, advertising. Tried it out, worked for a company for a little bit. That company, the owner, and this is where a big, this is where a lot of people don't understand. There's business owners and business operators. Mm. And, the owner of the company was a business owner, and when he wanted to become a business operator, the company kind of fell apart very quickly. Luckily, I kind of saw the opportunity there, picked up the pieces, started one of my first big companies, which is my corporation now, LF Media. At that point in time, it, would call, it was called Leads and Feeds because um, we were working the XML game in the search side of the industry. Hired a lot of the original staff back and started my company off my couch. Wow. Wow, wow. So let's let's dive in a little bit here just because I, I want to help the audience here. And, and I think you hit a nail on the head. There's a difference between business owners and business operators. Can you explain that a little bit, please? Yeah, no worries. I mean, again, and this is where you have to be able to adjust yourself. I, I am a business owner of multiple different companies that I own. But at some, some of those businesses always started with me as a business operator. But as a business operator, you're involved, involved pivotally on a daily basis of what's going on with your company. You're required to be there. You can't step away from it. Um, and a lot of times what I tell people to be able to see how much of a business operator versus business owner is if you can step away for a week or two and if revenue and everything keeps on moving forward without your, your involvement. If you want to have a scalable opportunity and be able to see that company grow, you do have to be able to step back and allow that company to grow without you with more of your influence rather than your actions. Right. And, you know, to be able when other people go, well, I want to start another company. It's like, okay, well, if you're already a business operator of one, it makes it very difficult to be a business operator of another. Being an entrepreneur is amazing, but being a business owner is where we really want to get to a level of achievement to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So can we talk about some of the challenges people face going from being a business operator into the, being a business owner? Well, I mean, that's the big, and that's what I work with right now. And as you know, you and I had a conversation a little bit earlier about, you know, on the millennial side, it's being able to scale yourself with your company so you don't scale yourself out of your company. I mean, and that's really pivotal, something that I learned in my advertising game. I mean, it was, I had one point where, I mean, it's based on the four pillars I live my life on now, which is, you know, being able to have equal parts of my life in my vision, in my relationships, in my health. And being an entrepreneur at the same point, you have to be able to have those and be able to have them integrated into your life. You hear all this work-life balance, work-life balance. That's great. But if you're balancing something, you're also counterbalancing something. Hmm. And that's not an easy task to be able to do. You have to be conscious of that all the time. But if you have an integrated life of all aspects of your life working together as one, it's a much smoother process that allows you to be able to flow through your life and allow all aspects to be one. 
So that's where I kind of work with people on being able to understand that you have to scale with your company. I mean, you see so many young companies now, they're going in, they're looking for their funding from these VCs or angel investors. And one of some of the first things that you see happen is, boom, they cut the head off the snake. I mean, it's just one of those pieces. It's like, all right, cool, we're going to move you over here. Thanks for starting it. But you're not who we need right now to be able to run this company. We all can go and grow with our companies, and you can be able to grow your company at a certain point, but you have to have that level of conscience at the same point that when you need to step back and say, look, I know what I do best. As entrepreneurs, a lot of us are visionaries of where we want to go, and we need to be able to know where the vi- not, not where we're at, but where the company is going. And you need people to be able to run those companies for you. Those C- I mean, the reason why I have so many companies is because I have CEOs in that run each of those companies for me. And I have an amazing staff of CFOs, CEOs. I have a CEO, CFO, CTO for all of my companies that are like my brick and mortar that allow me to be able to watch all the different companies and make sure they grow prospectively. So, you know, it's just, there's different people. I mean, you have your people that are amazing at their jobs. They love to come in. They want to kill it from eight to five. Boom, they're going to do it. They're going to kill it for you. They're going to be a lot of entrepreneurs look for those like those people that are like just like them. Like, oh man, I want to hire them. Well, if you're looking for someone just like yourself, you're looking at another entrepreneur. Mm. They're always going to have one foot out the door about where they want to do themselves, rather than just for where they're at. So you have to be very aware of how you're hiring your company at the same point. Got it. So now we're talking about building teams. And I love this because, yeah, that's a huge distinction. So, again, if the audience listening didn't catch that, it's talking about the difference between being the business versus being an influence on the business. I love how you said that. And that's something we've been beating that drum a lot on the show that for an entrepreneur, you have to build a team that you'll never really achieve your full potential and accomplish what you're capable of if you're trying to do it all on your own as a solopreneur. You just can't. There's just not enough hours a day. And I love what you said there with as an entrepreneur, you always have one foot on the door, like out the door. Because as a visionary, you're kind of always looking to the future. Right. You know, and you're trying to be where the puck is going, right? So the stuff day to day, that's not going to last very well. So that's that's really great. Can you talk about building teams at all? Can you talk about like hiring effectively? Because I mean, I know I've been in a lot of different coaching programs and mastermind groups, and I've run them myself. And staff and stuff, staff managing <laughs> the teams and hiring, it's always up there. It's always a top complaint. Well, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you've got to be able to start with a core group. You know, be careful with throwing out C-level titles. That one right there out the gate will cost you a lot more by giving someone because, again, titles do go, oh, well, I need to get paid this much. Mm -hmm. A lot of times start off people with as director positions and allow them to grow up to those opportunities and be able to prove themselves. But, you know, it's that core group. I mean, I I personally, again, I wouldn't be here where I am today without, again, as I said, my my CFO, my CTO, and my COO, Chief Operating Officer, Chief Technology Officer, and Chief Financial Officer, especially CFO is even bigger than anything. Someone being able to make sure they understand, I mean, good, I get it. I've, I've built a lot of businesses. I understand how they run, but that's not my, I didn't go to school for that. I didn't go to school to be an accountant. You know, I don't have an accounting degree. So why, and that we see so many entrepreneurs these days, they start trying to wear all these hats. Well, that's great. But in the long run, you'll save yourself so much more money. Even if you can't hire that one person, start off hiring a team. So I have a CFO, but then I have an accounting company that I run because Building a staff and having a, a ton of employees is very difficult to be able to do. But having those key people that and are in charge of the companies that you outsource out to will allow you to grow. Because for the same point, I can hire an outsourced company for the same price that right. I can hire one person to be able to go through and do it. Right. Or multiple right, people. Right. So one of the biggest things that I learned, too, is you know take people outside the office. I mean, there's a, I don't know if you guys have it there or not, but 
I've done a lot of my hiring here in the last couple of years at this place called Top Golf. Top Golf, a fun place. It's just you know a driving range, but it's almost like gamified and multi-level driving range. Really cool, amazing company as well because I'm mean, one of the highest, fastest growing private growing private owned companies in the world. Really growing, but you know I want to go out there. I want to take someone. We're all really well at you know presenting ourselves. You know, with one person behind a desk and the other person behind a desk, right. you know, on either side of the desk. But take someone out of their usual environment and see how they interact because it's all about the culture fit. When I go through, so I have many different companies. Most of the people that I have partnered with companies are people that I actually were in my coaching program because I'd rather bet on the individual yes. than the idea. Ideas are, you know, come time and time again. And most of the times, if you have your idea, you put it in Google, someone's thought about it at one point too. Mm-hmm. Maybe they didn't, you know, take it all the way to the next level. But these days, original ideas aren't that common. Right. But it's the people that actually implement those ideas is what is the uncommon factor. Mm, right. I love that. Benjamin so, Franklin, the quote he said, well done is better than well said. Exactly. And, you know, that's why I take these people out because I want to see exactly one, I want to see the personality or outside the environment. I want two, you know, I'm not a huge golfer, but I like to have fun. I want to see how much value someone's going to put. Are they going to try and just kill me? Are they going to give me the game? You know, what is it going to be when we're out there playing? I want to see someone that, you know, at least going to put some effort into it um, and try and just see how and are they going to get really upset on how they're playing over a little white ball? Mm-hmm. You know, it, again, it's just a white ball. Yeah, you can get a upset a little bit, but, you know, at the same point, don't put too much value in it. It's it's just a game. Mm-hmm. It's a game we're playing all the time. So. I, I learned that really quickly to be able to take people out of the normal environment, put them in an environment that they're a little bit more relaxed because that's what's going to matter. That's what's going to fit into my culture of my company mm-hmm. and allow us to be able to grow and be able to build the right people underneath them. Got it. Got it. Got it. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because I know uh, another guy, I was reading one of his books. I think it was John Keepel. Someone, it was okay. one of the old marketing greats. But he said something that when he goes to hire people, he likes to take them out to a restaurant to eat. And one of the things he watches, he watches to see if they add salt to their food before they even taste it. What's uh, they're salting their experiences before they've even tasted it. I'm going to be honest. That, that really throws me off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. So I, I love to cook. It's like my right brain, left brain mentality. So I'm, outside of everything else, I mean, I cook every single night. I love to cook. I love to create. And that's kind of like my left brain, right brain. It's, it, it allows me to decompress. So I cook every night, cook something new. And I mean, hell, I have a ton of Pinterest followers. So funny enough, just based on the recipes that I pin on there. <laughs> Outside of Twitter, outside of Facebook, outside of Instagram, all the other fun stuff, you know, that we do as business. I mean, Pinterest is just one of those things. And, I mean, it's the same thing. If I present someone with food, I, look, I love spice. I want to throw it on there, and I want to – I like to make my things spicy as hell. Um, I mean, I used to grow ghost peppers in my backyard. So, you know, if you can get any kind of level. But if you're not going to at least taste what I just took time out to create and it allows me to decompress and you just had that part of me at least give it the opportunity or, you know, someone takes it and they're like, Oh, I'm going to throw it in the microwave. I'm like, you just ruined something that right. you didn't even try first. <laughs> I can, I can feel the frustration in the tone of your voice. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, I'm just like, going, oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't even try it first. Well, you at least try I'm like, it. yeah, give every, everything deserves an opportunity first on how it is. If you need to be able to adjust, again, that's the beautiful thing. We're entrepreneurs. We can, we can take something in and if it's not where it needs to be, we have the insight and we are the creators to be able to make that be. Mm-hmm. But you can't start you can't start from a starting point that you don't even know where it starts from. 
I guess that's kind of not very well worded, but I think no, you get through it. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. So, so you like to take people out of their usual environment because some people are great interviewers, and it's funny because you don't really want someone that's a great interviewer. You, you almost want someone that's inexperienced with interviews because you know because good people don't move around a lot usually. Right. So I like that there. You take them out of the formal thing and you give them kind of a challenge, and it's their own kind of personal challenge. But there's a couple different dynamics. Obviously, if they're being interviewed by you, they want to like look good. There's the pressure, right, to perform and all that. But then you also are just trying to see how do they manage themselves in the face of adversity, whether it's, again, you know, showing off how their golf skills to you or just maybe they've never played golf and they suck and now they're sucking at this game and they're playing, the, you know, in the interview and they're trying to manage their frustrations while they go through the conversation with you. So I like that. I mean, that's the that's the biggest thing. I mean, you want to be able to look at those pieces. At the same point, I want someone that's going to bet on themselves. I will always give everyone an opportunity. You do, do you want a rev share of what's going on with the company, or do you want a hefty base? Someone that's actually like, look, I bet on myself. I know I'm going to kill it. I love people that work for me that are going to want to make more than what I make. Because, again, that means they push themselves. I mean, having salespeople, having anyone, I'll give a rev share to anything that we're doing based on what's going on and allow them to – I mean, if someone goes in and is like, look – you give me a high rev share on what the, the revenue's coming in the door that I'm directly related to, and I'll bet on that and give me a higher rev share than a base and a smaller rev share or nothing at all. I mean, that tells me right there that person is confident in their skills. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. care what it is. I mean, again, I, I want an accountant to come in and be like, look, I'm going to save you money. Based on how much money I save you every single month and, and make sure that you're going the right way, you're going to kick me, how hell, I don't know, 50% back as right. a bonus every single, every single month. Right. Hell yeah. Because again, I'm still saving. I'm still saving at least you know fifty percent more than what I was before. Right. 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 Yeah, that's a great way to have it put. So let me ask you about this because a lot of companies they may have a great product, they may have a great service, but where they struggle is scaling sales. And so I wanted to ask you about that because we're talking about building teams. You just talked about like sales reps or an accountant or someone that's trying to do that. How would you? How what do you recommend if you had a? There was someone's listening to this. They have a great little company. They got a great whatever they do product. They have a great little service, but they're trying to like I got to get more sales. I got to scale my sales. How what would you recommend for them? You know the biggest thing is being able to understand your market. If you want to be able to get more sales, you have to be able to you know you have to be able to give someone what they need. What not not what you feel they want. And that's the biggest part. Knowing, knowing your audience, knowing, understand who you're selling to and understand really, really, truly understanding all the apps, options that are out there. I mean, it's, there's so much data analytics out there. And if you can't take the time out to really be able to understand who you're selling for and what they really need, not what you feel they want, you're never going to get, you're never going to get to a certain level. I mean, anyone can sell anything if given the right, you know, environment. And, but you have to be able to make that environment. So that's the biggest thing is take time to, Take in as much data, understand your audience, understand your your final your consumer, and really, really get in there and then gamify it. I mean, I don't care who it is. I mean, I love to be able to find a way to be able to make it fun for my teams to be able to push themselves directly. That's fun. That doesn't take them outside of the realm of, you know, now I'm going to try and do this just because. Got it. So whatever goals or targets or whatever, obviously you have to have your marketing message in place, whether you're using paid media, whatever your source is to generate leads. You've got a blog. You've, you know, you're knocking on doors, whatever that is. But what I love that you said is just understand your value proposition. Yep. I guess build the team and then gamify it for them, make it fun for them. Is that and correct? that's the biggest thing. I mean, and don't don't put a monetary value on things. I mean, money money's what you put on it. I mean, again, it's the emotional value. I mean, you want to make sure that it's something more fun. If you're going to do a game of gamification for your for your team in in whatever regards it might be, don't always just put a money value on it. Don't 
adjust it to being something more fun, more engaging that because you'd be surprised the respect factor that someone can get. Well, they will hold that much more to a higher value mm-hmm. than any value of money. Yeah, hands down. People crave recognition more than money. I love that you mentioned that because there's two types of income. There's physical income and there's psychic income. And so what you're really emphasizing is the psychic income. And there's a lot of power in that. I mean, Wikipedia is a, is a gargantuan website with all these sites and it's constantly being updated and it's run by volunteers for the most part. People yep. that work full-time jobs. Why would you work at, you know 40 hours a week, 90 hours a week, come home and then go on to Wikipedia and, you know, and check citations and references and update articles? Unless there was some sort of recognition you felt you were some sort of psychic income you were getting out of that. So that's a really good key benefit because monetary money motivates some people. I mean, sales, a lot of some people will say your sales reps have to be money motivated. Right. And I think that can be true. I have also seen success people be successful that weren't money motivated, but it's because there was a psychic payoff that was greater than that. There was the recognition of having helped the others, being a great person, bringing this thing forward, providing the solution. And so I really think that's important that you brought that up because... I mean, every single morning, I mean, it's, you know, I wake up at 5.30 every morning and I don't touch any type of electronic device, to look at my email, phone, any of that stuff till 9 a.m. Because again, I don't need to set the, you know, perspective that the outside world is more important than me. I'm the reason why I'm a, I'm, I'm a success. So again, I devote that time to myself, to my family, to my children, to being able to make sure I grow and give everything I need to once I do step forward, step forth into the outside world, that I have all the power I need to keep on pushing forward. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. What habits do you feel helped you on the path to success? You know, the biggest one really was just having, you know, it's, it's being able to ha- build that confidence and be able to give that that value, you know, a really good friend of mine and mentor as well, Jesse Elder, you know, he always says, you know, you have to be able to measure backwards. Um, that's where we forget. We're always looking at where we're at, not where we've been. And when you take that time to be able to kind of always measure backwards, it allows you to say, well, I might not be where I may, I need, I want, I wanted to be at this point, but man, look where I've come from. So, you know, being able to do, you know, meditation, journaling, um, just those different pieces right there, starting off my day. I mean, I have one, one technique that I use every single day at exactly at 9 a.m. When I, when I pick up my phone for the first time that really all my clients use, all my employees use. And it's really it's changed my perspective on life and has allowed me to be able to really be a better person. I mean, I'll share it with you. Yeah, I'm, I was about to be like I was I was hoping you weren't going to like be, but I'll tell you that next time you got to sign up for nine ninety nine. I was like, just, <laughs> what is it? Come on. No, 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 no. So, again, look, we all. Everyone these days makes some kind of to-do list, right? I mean, I have to assume that you do something, you write something down somewhere to say, okay, these are, these are the goals I want to accomplish, right? So let's say you write it on a piece of paper. What's the value of that piece of paper once you've actually uh, written those goals down? Oh, the value of the piece of paper. That's an interesting con- question. It could, just a couple ways to say it. No value because once the day's underway, the day's underway and the go. plane goes out the window. Or, okay, that's the right answer. Okay. I mean, again, that's what it is. It's still, it's still a piece of paper, right? It hasn't right. changed. You just wrote some words on it. So that's why we see so many individuals these days. Boom, they write, their, they write everything down or they put it on their laptop or they put it on their iPad, whatever it might be, or in their iPhone. And, again, you can see I'm an Apple guy all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> but, you know, the, the, the value of that doesn't change. It's, and that's why they're like, okay, well, I, I can get that tomorrow. I didn't get accomplished today there's no there's no intrinsic value that's placed on it outside of what you put on it. And the, 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 the value of that a device that you're writing on doesn't change. So I'm in the mindset that if I tell myself I'm going to do something, I'm going to accomplish that. And I want to make sure I feel accomplished every single day. 
and the more senses that you use, the better that it, it really de- it, it rings within you. So I pick up my phone. We all have a phone. And I turn the video camera on and I say, Josh, today you are going to accomplish and I pick five things. And starting out, it says five things. I don't care how easy they are, but they have to be something that you know without a shadow of a doubt that you can accomplish. I don't care if it's, you know, giving your dog food in the morning, it's eating a good breakfast, parking two spots away longer, writing an email, you know, calling your mom and saying hi, whatever it might be. These five things that you know you can accomplish at the end of the video. And you say, I'm going to do this one, two, three, four, five, boom. And at the end of the video, you go, you know, I say, Josh, congratulations on accomplishing all your goals today. So now I've got audio, I'm looking at myself, and, you know, I'm congratulating because at the last 15 minutes of my day before I go to bed, some of them, you always hear, they're some of the most powerful times. No matter what happens from when I wake up in the morning to when I go to bed, I watch that video. No matter if it's a, it just turns out, bad day. I watch that video right before I go to bed, allowing me to hear myself, look myself in the eye, and say congratulations on accomplishing your goals. I go to bed every single night feeling accomplished. So let's recap that one second because I think there's something really powerful in this and I just want to get clear. So yeah. you, you set your goals. Now you set them even though you might have major priorities, X, Y, Z. The more important thing for you is the feeling of, of accomplishing something every, right. or every single every day. Every single day. You want to feel accomplished. So you start off and you start your day. You write your video or you pull out your phone. You look at yourself. You say, today I'm going to do blank, 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 blank. Yep. And then you go, Josh – you know, congratulations on having a successful day or having accomplished, yeah, all, your goals accomplished all your goals today. Exactly. <laughs> and then you end your video yep. and you keep that in your head and you make sure that way when you go to bed, you've got, you know, we call that in the martial arts, we called that proof of learning yep. almost that the sense of when people first start out, you have to give them simpler tasks right. because you have to build up that sense of accomplishment and that, that confidence to build momentum that lets people take on bigger challenges and bigger goals which I think is kind of the, the bottom exercise of this thing is that for you, that's kind of your underlying habit is if by maintaining that sense of accomplishment, you maintain the confidence to take out and take on the world essentially. And some days you win, some days you lose, but every day you wake up with that. I, I go to bed feeling, you know, wake up with the power because again, people that go, Oh, I'm not a morning person right before they go, they go Oh man, I got to wake up early. Well, how are you going to feel the next day when you wake up? Well, you're going to feel horrible because again, you already set that in your mind that, Oh man, I've got to wake up. And I mean, this works twofold as well. I mean, especially as entrepreneurs these days, it's always about being able to, you know, make videos. So one, if you're practicing doing a video every single day and you're talking to yourself, boom, that's just adding extra value into you being able to talk to the world. Honestly, if I tell myself something, I'm my biggest critic. So if I can tell myself something and accomplish every day, I can tell anyone anything and know that I can back that up. So, I mean, there's three points on how it actually works. And of course, you can raise those goals up as you get along and you you push yourself harder and harder each and every day. But I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, you're 100% correct in the martial arts side. I mean, I do, I do jujitsu as well. So, oh, no you know, it's, uh, it's one of those pieces that, you know, you're 100% correct on. Okay. So that's one of those things that really just adjusted me, adjusted my mindset, allowed me to be able to start my day, allowed me to be able to work up, work, wake up every single day with the power that I need to be able to c- take on the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it also helped my video skills, helped my communication skills, and, you know, made me a more confident person when I'm talking to others. 
Confidence is huge. Confidence is a big part of anything. I've noticed people, we talked about martial arts, I've seen people lose matches before they even started because the other guy would look at them and they would just, you could just see, see it in their body language. Like they, yeah. mentally, they already think that person's superior. So confidence is a huge, huge thing. What was that quote? Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. <laughs> so Jim Carrey's got a great little motivational video that's floating around out there too, talking about how his dad took the safe path, got a job as an accountant, ended up getting laid off anyways. And he's like, one thing, so what that taught me, my dad taught me with that was that you can fail at what you don't want, so you might as well go after what you what your dreams. And I think that's a really powerful it's crazy thing how much Yeah, it's crazy how much Jim Carrey has actually, you know, really gotten that space here recently. Well, he's just got some great, great, great insight. So now that's a great tip. Are there any other habits that you feel as an entrepreneur and a business owner are really critical to being successful with your businesses? I mean, you brought up one, which is, you know, getting to being a business owner, not a business operator. Are there any other things that you think have been mission critical for helping you be successful? I mean, being, being aware of your environment, where what things going, never stop learning. You know, you might think that you're amazing, but a lot of times, you know, we become so univision in this box of what we understand, what we know about our specific industry that we don't ever step outside of that. And, you know, growing up, I mean, yeah, I played basketball, played football, but, you know, I think this helped, helped me a lot in more my world today is everyone perceived me. I, yeah, I was a part of the popular groups, whatever it might have been, but I always felt outside looking in. And that has given me amazing perspective as an adult because, again, I can take that step back and kind of look at my world from an outside perspective myself, but at the same point, you kind of see where we're going and then take others, other, other perspectives as well into account, because that's, what's really critical about going through your perspective. Yes, is your perspective, but that doesn't, is not always the end all of your company. You have to be, look at what other people's perspective is and be able to take that into account to be able to grow and to be able to move and be able to be nimble, you know, and taking that opportunity. I mean, you know, I love being able to, you know, go to local colleges, get interns to come in. And even just to be able to get their perspective on what's going on. I mean, I launch things all the time and I'm like, oh, dude, this is sweet. This is awesome. It's on point. And then people are like, I don't get it. Yeah, they look at it. They're like, I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't get it. Yeah, how do you it makes sense it? right there. You're crazy. And I'm like, they're like, dude, no. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, okay, fine. So any tips, though, about running the multiple companies? Because that's something that's tough to do. And I've, you know, I've watched a lot you of You have the team. Huh? Gotta have, a Gotta team. have the team. Sorry, you were gonna say Elon Musk. Well, no, I was just gonna say I've done a lot of research, and on Elon Musk, he doesn't advise running multiple companies. He's kind of against that. But he also says things like SpaceX and that. He's like almost like you. He's more. It's he's influencing it. He's got an advisory role on the board. He's not necessarily there day to day in the grind. So, I and I'm not running. Yeah, I'm not. Let's just let's let's rephrase again. I'm not running multiple companies. You know, the the main thing that I do, and again, where most of my companies came from. My original company in the online advertising world gave me an amazing base and structure of back end. And I started when I started getting into coaching to be able to work with other entrepreneurs. It allowed me to really use that rather than looking at it with a lot of coaches. You know, you, you look at it's a very unscalable opportunity. I saw it in a different fashion where I could use it to be able to, you know, one, help other individuals. But two, I'm vetting amazing opportunities for myself to be able to invest in these other individuals, giving them a back end to be able to help them scale faster, quicker with my backend, because I've already got accounting, I've got IT, I've got different people in my company that I can put into any company, and it becomes a very passive income for me, because one, I get these people, I put them in a CEO level of the company, and we go 50-50 on the company, whatever we're starting or running, or I'm helping them, or whatever I take from them, <laughs> in regards to, um, okay, okay, look, I'll provide you back backend, you run the company, we go 50-50 on it. 
And by back end, you mean all the accounting, all the IT, all the some of the sales factors. I'm coaching them. Yeah, exactly. I'm kind of running that, you know, building all the different pieces that a lot of these solopreneurs cannot do. Even more so, even other companies that are not just quote unquote solopreneurs, entrepreneurs that just haven't achieved, have plateaued at a certain level by bringing my back end in there. It allows me to be able to take them to another level quicker, faster, for, let's say from six to seven figures, seven figures to eight figures, whatever it might be. And when you're talking about, especially just in the IT and accounting world, well, they're already doing these things and they're not working always 24-7 or they're 40-hour weeks or whatever you quote-unquote have your people working. So adding another company in there that they're already doing the same thing, it doesn't cost you any more as an employer. So for me, adding another company in onto my current staff was just like, okay, cool. Now we're just making – we're doing the same thing we're already doing and it's not costing me anymore. I'm just making 50% more revenue in another venture. Right. And I, I spend the first six months with those CEOs that I put in these companies to be able to make sure hands-on, very watch them, and then I let them go. And I trust my CFO, my CTO, my COO because, again, these are the people that – they'll take a bullet for me. And, again, no matter what happens, you have to have those people within your company that they understand that in the long run, you are your brand. People buy from other people. We all there's so many people that do so many different things, just like you, Daryl. I mean, there's a ton of podcasts out, but there's a reason why people listen to your podcast because of you, not just because of the information that's on there. You know, so it's the same kind of situation. These no matter, and they know that if they take it, let's say I do something that you know, how I'm not perfect, I do something wrong. Well, they're going to step and say, look, it was my, it was me. They protect me, but at the same time, they know I'm going to back their play. Like, yeah, I know they, they said they did that, but I, you know, I always back my people, and whatever they did, that's their, that's the decision that we're going to, we're going to run with 100. percent So it is what it is. Right. And having those people in that infrastructure made it amazing for me to be able to grow and be able to have that trust factor that allowed me to be the visionary of where I want to go and not always having to be able to pay, te- pay attention outside of just touch points mm-hmm. of where we're at. I love that. So when we're talking about building the team for the people listening, we talked about having to have a core group and you named four titles, CEO, CFO, COO, and CTO, which right. essentially means you've got a leader, you've got an operations kind of manager, yep. you've got your technical support, and you have your financial person. For those, I don't know if anyone's listening, but I mean, you need that. You need a superstar team that can jump in. And I love that you got the CTO because in today's day and age, my gosh, if I had a, if I had got a nickel for all the clients or businesses I've seen that are struggling with tech issues. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge, huge, huge one. So you get your core group, got it. And so for you in a lot of ways. I don't speak tech. Yeah. I don't speak tech. And my CTO, Sean Jones, I mean, this guy's been with me over a decade. I mean, he understands both sides of the coin. I mean, a lot of tech guys only want to do things specifically for the tech portion of it. Mm-hmm. But you have to have someone that understands the sales aspect of, a lot of, of it as well. And I mean, he speaks both sides and he's one of the biggest reasons why I'm around today. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love that. So these guys are kind of the back-end ringleaders that then help you manage whoever you're outsourcing to, whatever vendors you're using, you have them manage. But each is – and I love this because one of the things that I learned from early on a mentor, and please correct me or put in your two cents if you think it should be adjusted. <laughs> but I heard that every business needs three people. You need an operations person, you need a product person, and you need a marketing person. And it can't be the same yep. person because it has to be specialized knowledge in each category. I love that, and I think this is where we got the CTO essentially because that's the other part is the tech. Now that's a new part. This was, of course, years ago, right back when the internet was in its infancy. Right. Now you really need the tech, the CTO, the technical person, and then with those four, and exactly like that, they have to be specialists at what they do, and then work together as a team because otherwise you're just you're you're kind of floating dead in the water. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you have to have those different pieces, and 
you know, you're, you're correct. I mean, it, it all depends on what, what type of business you're running. I mean, that's why you need the product guy and the marketing person and all those different aspects. I mean, these are different pieces. I've got the biz dev guys. I mean, the marketing side usually is what I take care of a lot. And, you know, being able to understand where we're going, be able to really over the time, being able to see how to be able to scale. That's why I spend most of my time being able to help others be able to understand those aspects and being able to see that, that one degree shift that a lot of us just need to be able to make to be able to go, okay, there's the opportunity. Got it. Can we talk a little bit about this, about advertising? I mean, 80 billion online impressions each month. That's not even a year. That's a month. What insights can you give to anyone here who's trying to figure out how to make the online advertising game work and they're struggling and they're just, you know, they're just, they're spending money, they're buying data, but they're not really sure what they should be looking for or improving. Anyone who's listening and it's like, you know, Again, for you, if you'd start all over again, where would you focus? You know, being one, you need to be able to, you know, really diversify your ad spends and be able to do split testing across multiple different platforms. And that's the biggest thing. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. I mean, I know that's an old proverb, but it still reigns true today. And hell, that almost cost my business, cost me all my businesses years ago where I, I made a $1.3 million investment and I thought it was going to really play out to be able to jump ahead of the curve. And a year later, I went from, I, I lost almost nine figures in business because of it. Whoa. What happened? Well, I mean, I should say I say nine. I should say eight. I mean, we went from a 10 to almost one. So it just was one of those things. I mean, I was trying to be able to build a platform and I had an opportunity to be able to buy a platform that, that someone had just sold for a substantial amount of money, getting that source code. We spent a year trying to make that source code work, almost went under. And because again, all my eggs were in that basket. I knew it was a make or break opportunity, but it then pushed me to understand that I needed to really be able to diversify it. But, I mean, that's just one of those pieces that's not really dealing on the advertising side. It was just more perspective mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. So many people put their, their time, they go, okay, I'm going to go 100% Facebook or I'm going to go 100% Google or whatever it is. But you have to be able to be able to hedge your bet and be able to adjust your margins. There's this whole world that where most of my traffic comes from, which is the, the Tier 2 industry. You have your Tier 1s, which are Google, Yahoo, Bing. You know, if you look on the search side of it, you know, again, of course, you have the display sides, you have everything else, you know, that are going through. But, you know, you have to be able to understand the tier two markets because I have companies like Google. So Google extends. A lot of people don't realize that Google syndicates their advertisers out as well. They don't not all not all the traffic comes directly from Google. So they'll syndicate advertisers out like in what I, an XML feed or an in a display ads or whatever it might be out to other companies like myself that control a substantial amount of traffic. And so Google, let's say they pay me 70, 70 cents on the dollar. So I get a, I get a 70% rev share. Well, if it's going to my own and operated sites, well, that means I get all 70, 70 cents that I'm making off each, each click or every dollar. But if it go, if I send it, if I then re push it down to one of my publishing partners that have been pre-approved now that traffic, let's say I'm giving them a, 50-50 split. Well, now that traffic's 35 cents. So if you're an advertiser going directly to me, guess what? You could buy the exact same traffic I'm sending to Google for that. You're paying Google for a dollar. You could actually be buying it for me for 35 cents a click. Same thing in regards to the, the, the ads world. I mean, again, if you're paying $5 CPMs or $50 CPA, so, I mean, it all depends on where, you know, it's all based on value. The, the value that comes from, okay, I'm, I'm advertising with Google. Well, I've got to go through all their different hoops and jump through their you know, all their different obstacles that they put in front of you, but there's other companies out there that will allow you to be able to accomplish the same goals and that will be more, much more responsive to you because, again, you matter more. You're, Google, to you, to a, you to Google, unless you're spending six, seven yeah. figures a month, yeah, not don't really matter that Yeah. So is there like an interface? Because I feel like for some people that might be 
and you can probably speak to this, but I know like for Facebook or even Google AdWords, it's still, well, it's still techie, but for the most part, it's a f- user-friendly interface. How does someone go? Say someone wants to work with you in LF Media. How do they get in and how, how well are they able to target? What sort of background research do they have done before they try in these tier two? I mean, you just said something I think might have made a lot of people's ears buzz where they could get you know the same clicks for 35 cents on the dollar through a tier two network. So now I know there's people listening to this. They're like, where do I find a tier two and how do I make sure they've got my avatar yeah of course and that's the biggest thing i mean some of us have been doing this for a decade now so we we deal with a tremendous amount of traffic it's really asking the right questions going through and understanding i mean we go through all of our advertisers yeah i can go through and bring in any advertiser i want but i want an advertiser one the first thing that i talk to and everyone that works for my company talks when they talk to them it's like look here's the biggest thing communication if we're going to make this work we have to be able to communicate together if there's not going to be communication, because things adjust on a daily basis, on an hourly basis. If we can't have open communication to be able to say, hey, look, we're singing this trap that we're going through. We've, we put these different filters in place. How is it working? You've got to be able to give us feedback. How are we supposed to work? To, in, in the long run, if I'm not help, if our, my companies aren't helping you make money, then we're not making money. Because, again, right. everything usually works on a rev share opportunity. Right. So you're not going to – if you give me $5,000 to be able to test an ad campaign – well, if I don't make you at least $5,000 and $5,001, you're not going to come back to me. So, again, that's that open communication. And our whole entire goal is being able to understand exactly what you're looking for, have that communication, and be able to go. I mean, you know, we've got, you know, my, my, my display company, which is uh, Cosmo Media. You know, we work on, we do display and search. So, and then we have the, the more of the impression base, which is CPC results. And these are different companies. I mean, of course, I have Adformative and MySearch Network and some of the other companies that are out there. But, I mean, those are the two that we really, you know, are, are, are really pushing these days, Cosma Media. K-O-S-M-A, Cosma Media. Yeah. Now there is CPC is in cost per click results. Yep. Got it. So, yeah, okay. you know, again, .com. And, I mean, those are the different companies that we go through. And it's, that's what it's about, being able to go through. I mean, you look at the affiliate world these days. I mean, a lot of people are going that way. They're going for the ultimate email list. Well, a lot of the people that when you're doing launches for other people, well, then you're getting access to their email list. Well, the ultimate email list, I mean, those email lists run out after a while. You can only sell to the same person so many times. Right. Well, the ultimate email list is online, so you actually can understand that, that your target demographic and be able to use the data analytics that we use in the email list in regards to being able to access that traffic. I mean, we can go through and target by zip code, by sex, by by interest. Uh, by, you know, again, there's so much data we're collecting already across all the different platforms. The same thing that, same thing that Facebook does when you're actually going through. Right. We do that just on the search side, as, a search or display side as well. Got it, got it, got it, got it. So some key... And that's pre- the same thing. That's why we've been doing a lot of the CPA side for the affiliate world because you look at that space and it's like, look, you know, okay, look, if you give me 5000 again, this is easy, that's the minimum number we start like on the display world. And, you know, we go through, that sits in a, in a, a holding account like an escrow. Okay. And until I give you the cost per acquisition that you requested, whatever it might be, I don't touch that money. So again, we put in a holding account, boom, we get the, we get the acquisition, I get paid, we pay, you know, and then it goes on and then we move forward that way. So there's, the risk factor goes down a little bit. Right, 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 right. And I want to speak to that because I think that that's a really, I think this is an important thing. If people here, I mean, we talked about a couple of the different things that I, I, I think we want to just emphasize. <laughs> so first of all, 
we talked about the, want to be a business owner, not a business operator, and you need a yep. team for that. And that allows you to keep your eye on the business, working on the business, not in it, a term coined by Michael Gerber with his whole e-myth phenomenon. So yep. I really love that. The other part is we're talking about marketing, and I think that's great because you know when you've got a great team in place and you've got your standard product or your standard service offering and it kind of operates, I like to call it like a little black box, you know, where say like a dentist office, people come in crying and in pain on one side, they leave happy and smiling on the other. When you have that in place, if you solve a problem in the world, then you should be able to go out and find everyone suffering from that problem and help that person. Right. And that's why we're able to do some of this targeting that we can do. Because if someone, if I have the cure for arthritis, I need to be able to find some way to get reach everyone suffering in the world or in my country or in my city suffering from arthritis. And that's where we kind of get this networks of people and the data that is collected on us. But what I also love is just talking about this is also talking about being able to scale that, being able to reach out, flip a switch, literally step out, buy leads and grow at profit and just and just flip the switch. And that's the number one biggest difference between a kind of a local and small mom and pop business versus a nationwide brand is their ability to afford to spend money on advertising. I think that is such a huge thing. I just wanted to back that up. I also loved how you talked about having to diversify your ad spend across different platforms. That is huge. I mean, back in the day, MySpace was all the rage, you know? Yep. Uh, before Google, there was Overture, right? There was, and Yahoo was, and then Yahoo came in, and then Google. And so you never know how things are going to change. So I just like that because it's almost taking a higher level perspective and not you're not building your business on any one platform. I know for right. myself, we had a client, I had a client that uh, he had a Facebook following of like 70,000 fans on Facebook. He had a substantial email list, but we built, built his Facebook following up to about 200,000 people. Uh, um, and we were getting about a million and a half impressions a week just with the posts that we were doing, maybe close to 2 million even. Um, but then it was like January 1st, 2014, Facebook <laughs> made a change. And now we were barely getting 100,000 impressions a week. And we had to pay to access the rest of our fans. And so right. I just wanted to use that example because the people listening to this, they might not have understand the value and what you said about diversifying the ad pla your ad spend on different platforms. But that can happen. If your business is – and I actually have another client. He was doing 20 grand net a month and he was from Mexico. And that's a big deal if you're doing 20 grand net US dollars a month. And it was all based on ad spend using Facebook. And this was back when Facebook first started going around and banning people. People. And he had an untouched ad campaign that had been running for five months, and literally one day it just got shut off. His entire account was banned, you know, that whole deal. And now what happens to your business, right? It's a painful, painful experience to be in. So I love that you kind of just mentioned and brought up the fact of being on multiple networks and that there's more than just out there. I mean, there's domainers. There's Daryl, I'll, I'll tell you too, not to interrupt, man. No, no, but, go, go. You know, that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, not even diversifying your ad spend, diversifying how you actually reach your clients. So 2016 will be the year of content. I mean, we've all been doing content, but not just anyone can be able to do content, put it out there. But I mean, it really, you know, and hell, you can get an AI to be able to do good content, but actionable content, usable content, that'll be the key factor. You know, that's why we have our, you know, my, one of my companies, Standout Authority, it's about building that authority, doing clear, consistent content on a regular basis because you've got to be able to, and being able to push out there, promote, and be able to do, put information value ads out there that are just free value that people get by just reading your content across different platforms like Facebook, Medium, Twitter, Blab.im, Periscope, using all these different features that allow you to be able to get your content out there and be able to get people to know you. As I said before, people buy from the people behind the company. Mm -hmm. Company Standout Authority builds that entire piece about building the people behind the brand because 
you look at companies like, let's say, T-Mobile. You know, the C- CEO of T-Mobile, John Laguerre, I mean, again, there's a reason why T-Mobile did well. Who, no one even knows who the, the CEOs of, you know, AT&T or Verizon, but they did well because he built the brand around him mm-hmm. and his values and drew a line in the sand and allowed people to be able to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. So that's what you have to be able to build yourself and what you're doing and who you are along with your brand as well because, again, that's what will separate you out from everyone else along with backing up your ad spend because we're working with – we did, I did an article for Amazing.com here recently, and it was all about that same factor of, you know, yeah, you can go through and building, you know, Amazing.com or, you know, you've got the different other – different other platform, Freedom Fast Lane with Ryan – building your Amazon company, but when people aren't always believing in those reviews. So you have to be able to go in and when they do a search, make sure there's enough content about you and what you stand for, for the people to go, okay, cool. I want to make sure I go for, go with this person. Yeah, that's the, that's definitely, the internet has provided insane transparency and it's a great thing because the snake oil salesmen, they're going to disappear eventually over time. But that transparency, the ability that anyone, anywhere, a teenager, even someone in remote Africa can take their phone and do a search for you and find you and find some info about you. That really does put the power back in the hands of the consumer in a lot of different areas. So I think that's also because, you know, and I, a couple of things that, and I didn't say this out loud, but I know that there's <laughs> two, two issues we talked about that I think are really important. And I've already expressed, uh, summarized the one, but the one was a lot of business owners I know are afraid of building the team because they're afraid of getting replaced or becoming redundant. So right. we kind of talked about that and the importance of that and the importance of specialized knowledge in each category. And that's one that protects you because if you're just specialized in IT, then you can't do the marketing and sales, you know, and so you kind of become dependent on each other in that respect. And that, and, and if you're the leader of the team, you're the leader of the team. But the other part that I wanted to get into, which I just had a brain fart on, um, <laughs> I literally did. What was the other part? The other part. The funny thing is we've talked about so many different I know. Things. We've talked about so many things, but it was, it was about the brand building and it was about putting the content out there. Well, making sure, I mean, again, the, the authenticity of someone, I mean, that is one of the biggest things that, you know, really separates people out. I mean, that's what I was just talking about in regards to, you know, making sure that you give yourself, allow yourself to be out there and separate yourself out from the brand. People right. do worry about that. Oh, well, I won't be able to step back and be that business owner. If I'm the brand, well, it, it allow it to flow from you because everything that you do flows down from you. So allow those right. brands to be underneath you and be part of you, but they can still run independently of you. Right, 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 right. Yes, which is the other part. When we talked about content, this was what it was. When a, mu- when a music, this is the other thing, is they people are afraid of giving away their best stuff for free because they're like, what else am I going to do? do it all the time. Right, <laughs> but that's exactly it. And it, the whole thing is like when a music group gets the chance to put their song on the radio, they don't put their second best song or their third best song. They put their very best song out there because they want everyone to hear that because if you like that, you may like some of their other stuff. Right. So that's just, I, that's, that was the other thing that I forgot about that I wanted to say because when you said 2016 will be the year of content i know a lot of people they're afraid of giving it away and you'll surprise yourself because it's almost like a skill just because you do 100 push-ups doesn't mean you can't do any more push-ups and that's kind of where you have to come from if you're afraid of putting all your stuff out there do you have the depth to build a sustainable business that's going to last for years and years and years you're going to eventually come to a point where you have to create new things as you go and that's where you just need to be the expert you need to be in the market talking to the people helping solve the problems you know building off of the next step that the, your you know your, your industry peers have taken you know in some ways we compete but we also work together and we don't really know where the boat's going we just know it's all moving forward so that's what coaches or mentors are, are amazing for i mean it's you know and some people these coaches that are out there always if you're going to be a coach or mentor you know go from a place of you know that you can back up if someone's going to tell me they can help make a you know help you make seven figures 
you better be able to pull out your bank account to show me that you've done it first. You know, same thing as if you look at it, you know, a personal trainer being able to help you work out. If they're unhealthy, right. you know, and they're not in shape, right. what the hell? I mean, it's like, come on, you're going to make me healthy even though you're not? So, right. I mean, it's the same. I see it's too many times. And I'm the type of person that's like, look, you know, just like I shared, you know, my, you know, my, my basically being able to, you know, make every day feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. And it's, I can be able to share information out there I want, but. You, you, anyone can be able to take it. They'll be able to take their knowledge perspective, and they have to be able to do that. But if you work with someone, it's different than just taking their knowledge. If you're actually working with a coach or mentor, they can actually adjust their knowledge specific to you and be able to make it work that much more because no one can do the same thing that you do the exact same way. Right. If you do that, I mean, we say it so many times, well, here, here's my plan. Well, you'll probably be, if you try and copy the, someone else's company, more than likely you'll be able to do it at least 50% as well as they have. And that's the other thing is they'll be innovating past you. This is, this is great because I remember saying this. I remember I coached a mentor, and this is when I had, I had a martial arts school, and it was the first time I had to build. I trained other instructors. I had a head instructor, and I had people help me in the business. And before I did that, I was doing everything myself. And I remember he was like, well, why can't you bring anyone? I was like, because they'll take my idea. And he's like, and do what? Yeah. Like, what do you think they're going to do with your idea? Like, it's your idea. Even if they loved it and they were going to go implement it, it'll be totally different. It'll evolve in a different fashion. And again, if this were a race, you're already miles ahead. There you, you know? go. So there will be, yes, there are headhunters. Yes, there's people stealing corporate intelligence. Yes, that all exists. But for the vast majority of people, they're more concerned about their own life issues and their own life concerns. And there's some people that don't want to be the business owner or the business operator. They just want to go to work, come home, and just have an I, you know what I mean? And be able to play their video games. They're eight to fivers, yeah. Yeah, or do whatever. So build that team. I really think that we hit on some great things on here. We talked about, you know, not necessarily running, well, running the company, not being the company. Right. Talked about building a team. Talked about scaling your sales through paid media and also how to diversify. And, you know, the worst number of businesses is one, to have one ad platform, to have one key customer, to have one. I mean, that's a dangerous place to be in because if one is your only key number, like you, you had that one major make or break opportunity and almost killed your businesses. Right. Right. So I think that's a really good, I think it's a really good kind of, those are really good topics <laughs> to cover and just lessons to drill in. You may want to, people listen, may want to listen to this call again, just to help make sure they got all the nuggets out of this because there's just a lot of value in that. And this isn't just like, there's no magic room, right? It's not no. like, Josh, you're not going to get off this call and go pick up the phone with one of the kids you're mentoring and be like, all right, so now I got all that garbage out of the way. Here are the real secrets <laughs> to be successful, right? Like there's no magic room, right? No. Like this is it. So the people hearing this, this is what you need to do. You need a CEO, a CTO, a CFO, a COO, a team of experts that you know, that whether you have to, you know, whether you give them a percent of your company, whether you're paying them out front, you're giving them a rev share, you know, whatever you have to do to negotiate to get them to be part of your team and help you grow and have them either manage the people you hire or the other companies you outsource so you can focus on driving the company in the direction of the company and things like diversifying and, you know, making sure that you're not stuck to one platform by investing in yourself and making sure you're ready to lead. So those are great tips. Is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't ask you? No, man. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I mean, you covered all the different bases, Daryl. I mean, it's been a real pleasure, you know, getting on the phone and having a conversation with you because in the long run, you can have as many different tactics. I mean, I can go through and give you tactics all day long on how to be able to build things. But if you don't actually understand, if you don't have the, the power within yourself to be able to kind of push yourself forward and make sure you're, you're, you yourself have been scaled, mm-hmm. that the t- every tactic in the world will never accomplish the goals that you're looking for. Right. 
Right, right, right. So, Josh, if people have really enjoyed this interview, they really vibed with your message and your style and what you're all about, and they want to reach out, they want to get in touch, what are some of the best ways for people to contact you? The easiest way, man, is my main website, which is joshuabelee.com. You know, that allows me, you can, I, I make it very open. I mean, my schedule's on there. You can go in and schedule 15, 30, an hour with me anytime you want. Find out the different companies, have links to all the different companies that I have, you know, anything that's going on. I I make sure no matter how much I, I try and teach people the value of their time. And at the same point, I make sure that my time is open. Same thing with this. You were like, hey, Josh, do you have how much time do you have? I said, man, I got as much time as we need because I, I own my own time. I mean, and I put the value on it. So it's it's where you're going to put the value in. My value in is being able to connect with others. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. So, again, that's Joshua, J-O-S-H-U-A-B is in the letter B, boy, Lee, L-E-E. Dot com as well. There's Cosma Media, K-O-S-M-A Media.com, CPCResults.com, and of course the other ones add affirm add ad affirmative. Yeah. There's no I in there. Yeah, I thought it was Addy. <laughs> Adfirmative, My Search Network, Leads and Feeds, Austin Advertising Alliance, plus the show's Hidden Profit Path, Entrepreneur Clarified, and what's this, Monstrepreneur? So Monstrepreneur is my group here in Austin, and we've actually opened up in the Houston and San Antonio as well. A couple other cities here very soon. It's it's basically there's tons of different groups. I mean, you know, I mean, your probably problem as well. We're different mastermind groups. And one of the groups that really changed my life was Maverick 1000. A friend of mine, Yannick Silver. Yannick Silver, yeah, 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 yeah. And been on our show. Who's doing the Maverick Next for? So Dimitri's an amazing friend of mine as well. I was uh, <laughs> part of uh, when they started Maverick Next. Um, they did it here in Austin. So the first time I've, I've been very involved in Maverick Next. It's one of those things that you know those groups are amazing, but not everyone can be able to afford to be in those groups. And I wanted to kind of do one that was locally that we meet once a month to be able to allow entrepreneurs to be able to understand that you have to be able to relax, reset, refocus with like-minded entrepreneurs and live life. So, I mean, we go out and jump out of airplanes, go race cars. We're doing iFly next week. We've run out ghost towns and played laser tag. I mean, it's just, <laughs> just, and it's, we've got doctors, dentists, you know, lawyers, businessmen, you know, marketers, you know, every walks of life to get that out of the box thinking when, you just if you jump on an airplane with somebody, it's amazing what opportunities that might arise because again at that point you have a different bond with that person. And it's amazing what I've seen come up come out of this out of this group that we've been running now for two years with people that just that out of the box thinking when people are just hanging out and just amazing this just happens out of the blue. Not when you're trying to just where I live in Austin. I mean, come on. I mean, I can throw a rock and hit ten thousand different networking groups out there. I wanted to be able to kind of separate ourselves out and make it so a group that one that anyone can afford and two that we just go out every single month to be able to realize what we're doing all this for. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Well, Joshua, thank you so much for your time. I know you could be with your kids right now or working on any of those companies you're running or helping any of the people that you mentor. So I know that I speak on behalf of my listeners when I thank you for your time and for sharing today and for just giving away the secrets to the pot. So uh, just thank you and I appreciate you and let's connect again soon. Sounds good, Joe. Thank you. You've reached the end of our interview. Now first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you. Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. 
I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.